and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. Also, happy Veterans Day for you veterans in America. And it's Remembrance Day, I think, everywhere else. Yeah, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans and those who celebrate this war. Day off. There, Yeah, there we go. Hopefully you have That's a day better. off today. Yes, yes. Remember, remember the people that saved us. I'm Ashley, by the way. And I'm Justine. I'm a little loopy today. I'm sorry. I apologize. This might be an interesting podcast. I love it when they're interesting. (laughs) Well, that's good. Tell us about our show. So every week on our show, we turn to Netflix because it is the god of the internet right now. It's slowly taking over for Google. It just picked up Gilmore Girls, so I'm super freaking excited. Um, But we're going to watch romantic comedies, starting with the earliest to the latest. We're doing this to gain insight and context to the romantic comedy genre because it is like the ugly stepchild of Hollywood. That's true. And you guys can follow along. If you have Netflix, just go click on the genre drop down. Either click on romance or comedy. It'll take you to the same place. Click on one of those and then you'll get a subgenre menu where you can find romantic comedies. Then sort by uh, year. Mm Mm-hmm. And you will be able to follow along in our list, sort of. We've had some takedowns, ads, and, and some screwing around with the, the romantic comedy list. It's things. Netflix. You get what you pay for. That's true. All right, so what are we watching today, Justine? Today we're watching 1954's Three Coins in the Fountain. It's an hour and 41 minutes, and I feel like this description's going to sound slightly familiar to you. Three American working women pin their hopes for love on wishes they make as they toss coins into the famous Trevi Fountain in Rome. It sounds like the Lizzie McGuire movie. (laughs) Does it? Yeah, like literally like the the Lizzie McGuire movie because her and Gordo go to the fountain and they throw coins in. Well, that's a thing to do. Yeah, Yeah, but she magically becomes... Like, a pop superstar on accident because she looks exactly like this Italian superstar. Mm. I was going to say it sounds like a combination between How to Marry a Millionaire and Roman Holiday. It is. It is. But it, to me, I connect it to the Lizzie McGuire movie because I am a child <laughs> at heart. Yeah. And a 90s kid. So, you know, I'm just totally, I just, I totally screw all of the... Of the movies that came before this one and jumped. No, it's okay. I love how <laughs> our last episode and in Roman Holiday, like, I feel like we talked way more about Princess Diaries <laughs> than Roman Holiday. Because it was Princess See, <laughs> and you're still obsessed. <laughs> because, mind blown, and we can't find anything on the internet that people have made this connection before. We have found an interview where uh, the author has talked about how She grew up watching movies like Roman Holiday, and that's where she kind of took her inspiration from, Mm -hmm. but no one has ever, like, sat down and had, like, a legit compare and contrast between these two movies. Yeah, I know. I scoured every (laughs) single IMDb um, forum for on both movies yeah and not (laughs) one said Roman Holiday. Yes. So, we, we, we are the first. It's our first. It's our first thing for the podcast. Okay, we've made the first connection to something aside from maybe Pretty in Pink. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That yes, Pretty in Pink just ripped off Miss Annie Rooney. Yeah. This this is a a great connection. Okay. All right. Let's go back to um our our today's movie. Um, it stars Clifton Webb, Dorothy McGuire, and Jean Peters, and it's also directed by. John or Jean Negulesco, who directed How to Marry a Millionaire. Mmm. So this is going to be another threesome of women. Yep. And a threesome of guys. Yep. They're going to have an orgy on film. No. (laughs) And I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name. I I did look him up. He was, like, born in Romania, and he did live in Europe for a while. So So it could be either. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's weird. Right. Which, um made me also think back on, oh, maybe that's why all the names are weird in How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeah, probably. He cast people, or he worked with his writing partner to make the names sound a little bit more... European. Yeah, or Romanian. 
I don't know. I do not know. Oh, and it's rated uh, four stars. Well, that's a decent rating. Uh, yeah. It was um, nominated for the 1955 Academy Awards for Best Picture. It didn't win. But it did win Best Cinematography in Color and Best Music Song. So it's a musical? Uh, no, I don't think that means musical. I think that just is like, you know how they have the category of like song from the movie, like Adele sing the Skyfall song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My brain's a little slow. No, let's see. I think it's worded differently than it is today. Yeah, I think it's just best song. I don't think it's best music song. Maybe it's instrumental? Maybe. I don't know. Something we can look up. Because isn't it best score? Yes. Now? Yes. For instrumental music? Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense, actually. But just this is like a piece of music? I don't know. We should look into that. Yeah. We should. The Oscars have been wacky all of their all of their well, days. Yeah. Yeah. The Academy is weird. We know this. Alright, so are you ready to go watch it? Yeah, let's go see some more women fall in love in Rome. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yay! Yay! Alright, we'll be back shortly. Okay, we're back. We just watched three coins in the fountain. I don't know what the theme is. <laughs> it was go to Venice, or no, go to Rome. The theme was go to Rome, mm-hmm. and all of your hopes and dreams will come true. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's just to get people to go to Rome. That's essentially what the movie is about. That does not satisfy me. The ending and, like, the slow build-up to how it ended did not satisfy me at all. It was how to marry a millionaire on your Roman holiday. It was exactly that movie. (laughs) Yes. There was no conning or anything like that, but it definitely was very similar to both of those movies. Yeah, um, with the director, it definitely reeked of How to Marry a Millionaire. Yes. But not, nowhere near as good, in my opinion. No, it didn't, because the cool thing about How to Marry a Millionaire was that New York was a character, but it never overpowered the story. Mm -hmm. Everything that they did, aside from maybe the orchestra, had a purpose. It had a... A, a driving force behind the story. Yeah. With this, it was, here, this is Italy. This is what it looks like. This is all of their fountains. This is their famous steps. Here is the Trivoli Fountain. Here's another shot of Italy. Here is a cathedral. We should really time, like, his openings. They take forever. Oh, my God. It was, like, five straight minutes of every fountain, like, beauty shots like ridiculously over glorified beauty shots of every fountain in Rome. they should have thrown in like a drinking fountain <laughs> i think we should edit that for the um the twitter yeah i think that would be amusing it was a good uh sinatra song though huh yeah it was it was interesting but at the same time we didn't actually get three coins in a fountain until the very end. No, actually, they didn't even throw coins in the fountain at the very end. There was only ever two coins that were thrown into the, the, the Tivoli fountain. Well, Giorgio threw a coin in, as he mentioned. We don't see him do it, but his he was the one of them to throw it. When this movie is billed as three women throw a coin into the Tivoli fountain... To find love, that yeah. is a fa- that is a major <laughs> failure. You're like, I came here to see three coins in a fountain. Yeah, <laughs> where are my three coins? No, yeah, I read that on IMDb. Like, technically, we only see two coins get thrown, but when you hear the speech from Giorgio talking to whatever one of the women he's with, uh, the the Nita or the or Anita, Renita, Rita, <laughs> Maria. He tells her that when he first went to Rome, he threw the coin in the fountain. So that's, like, their half, you know. But, st- but okay, 
That's what it just, that's what it's, I tell, that's, I'm, I'm just saying that Netflix, Netflix really needs to fact check their descriptions <laughs> better, because this did not, this, no, none of this happened, like, none of this happened. None of this description that Netflix has right now, which is, as we repeat it, because I'm going to repeat it for all of you people who probably forgot what it was, it is, three American working women pin their hopes for love on wishes they make as they toss coins into the famous Tivoli Fountain. No! That did not happen! There were two of them, but the other one was like, nah, bro, I'm good, and didn't. So, fact check. Netflix, or actually, you know what? Watch the movies and the television shows that you have, and give us accurate descriptions that do not spoil the damn movie and/or show. Okay, that's hey, wow. that's my soapbox for today. Wow. <laughs> I hope everybody's ears are all right. I'm sorry, but this is a thing. This is a theme with Netflix and their horrible descriptions. And I know it has become, like, a meme and a Tumblr and all that yeah. fun stuff, but still. Yeah. This, like, this hurts in the heart and soul. It hurts, Justine. I know. It really hurts. I know. Let's, Shall we go through yes, this more movie? Yes. After the master t- masturbatory scene of the fountains. <laughs> yeah, just wrote a long-ass intro. <laughs> oh, we start out at the Rome airport and we meet... Mm, Maria. Her, yeah, her name's Maria, but I thought they said Rita. Maria so. Williams. Oh, can I also mention now that this was a pan and scan version? Yes. No, we are very pissed off at Netflix today. Mm. <laughs> when it says Cinemascope, I want to see Cinemascope, not yeah. 16 by 9 pan and scan. Yeah, it, the, you could tell. It d- severely distorted some of the... Um, some of the scenes, like, there was one scene in the prince's study at the end where you could clearly see that the focus was on him, but he was completely cropped out of the frame. Yeah. Because it was pushed in and pan and scan, and it just, oh, it's like, you're sitting on this, this take for a good portion of the scene and the one of the the actor who is listening is clearly out of focus and it was just so jarring because you have no you're supposed to be focusing on a specific point in the frame which that is what cinematography is all about Mm -hmm. and they completely ruined it yeah no bueno okay so we meet maria williams at the rome airport she just come in and she's getting picked up by anita hutchins and they're talking about this agency first we thought they were models but they weren't i don't actually know what they do they work for the u.s something the u.s department of agency in I rome don't know. we don't i don't know what they do they're secretaries well, they, they talked about press releases from America that needed to be translated into Italian and then approved by their boss, who was creepy. Yeah. And very much involved in everyone's life. Yeah. Or attempted to be, until he completely vanishes. Yeah, it happens. Ba-ba-ba, something about Francis. Something about Francis? Is that a new movie? <laughs> This is should call this movie something about Francis. Because she would just, like, show up and be like, okay, who's this But Francis? we were also incredibly confused half the time on who was Francis and who was Anita because they looked like the same actress. They did look... Uh, the only way I could tell Maria was Maria looked just like Audrey Hepburn. Yes. I was like, okay, the Audrey Hepburn-looking one, but then the other two looked the same, but they were never, like, in the same scene together. Yeah, it was always... It was always Anita and Maria, or Francis and Maria. Yeah. And then there were very, like, I think the only scene where all three of them were together was at the very beginning Mm -hmm. with the meeting at the apartment, the party, the fountain, and then the very end. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, It's just, I don't know what they do and how francis also works with them because francis doesn't work at the building she works for the writer she works for this writer who does who's writing a novel he's very van houten as in tiffios yes very like people think he's dead because he hasn't like released anything in years so they all meet up 
for breakfast. And then they say, let's go see the Fountain of Tripoli. Yeah, like, let's just, let's go see it. Yeah. Because that's fun. So, they they show Maria the the tradition of throwing in the coin, and Maria and Francis throw in the coin, but Anita says that she's going home to be married, um, because when you throw the coin in, apparently, you'll still be in Rome in a year. Well, or you'll come back to Rome. You have to come back to Rome for your hope. Yeah. To come through, or you have to promise. That's the wish. It's not a wish to fall in love. It's the wish to return to Rome. Or stay in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, <laughs> this is strike number three, Netflix. We have yeah. to have a conversation. Yeah, so Anita's like, no, 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 I want to go back to America. They're all American women. I want to go back to America so I can get married. And then they take maria to meet the boss which is weird he's very much involved in the young lady's lives mm-hmm. well at least that's what he says which you don't really ever see him outside of the workplace involved in their lives so that begs the question is this man a crazy stalker they were at the opera together by accident yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got this rule that the secretaries are not allowed to go out with the local employees yeah, they're not allowed to date the Randy French or the Randy Italian men. Which, how are they going to have fun? They're not supposed to have fun. They're supposed to be working. Well, some of those women, like Frances, she's been there for 15 years. Yeah, but that's, like, where I kind of am confused, is where, like, this man doesn't have any power over Frances, so what the... Fuck? I don't know, really. That's why I'm asking, like, how does Frances fit into this agency? It, are they, is it like a temp agency and then she's just securely found the job with the, with the writer? I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Anita is showing Maria how to do things in the office because Maria is going to take over for Anita when she leaves. And she's showing her like, here are the transcripts and we have a local interpreter. His name is Giorgio. So she like calls him over to introduce them. And then, like, immediately after, Maria was like, oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and now, keys. Yeah, they've become her OTP, like, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she was, like, all into calling him back up there so that he could, she can, uh, or that Anita can stare into his lovely blue eyes. Yeah. Like, Anita is definitely like, yeah, I know, he's gorgeous, but I, 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 it's against the rules, sorry. Can't do it. Can't. Can't so do it. just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Though, my question is, is that she's leaving, so why is this, like, still such a huge deal to her? Is she leaving to go back home on the company's dime or on the government's dime or? I don't know. Because it didn't seem like it was, it should be that huge of a deal. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. It was like, what's he going to do? She's leaving. Yeah. So they fired Giorgio. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, but even then, it's still like, Giorgio could get another job or could figure something out. I don't know. There were a lot of, like, direct ultimatums. Like, no, Giorgio could not get another job. or No. no, Like, this person is like, you can't do this. And you're just like, why? When in reality is that But even then, like, even with the ultimatums, there were, like, huge flip-flopping scenarios going on where, like, all of a sudden, halfway through one of the scenes with um, Miss Francis and Maria, they're talking to the predatory prince, and he is asking uh, Maria to go to Venice with her, and... Or with him, and Francis keeps, like, pushing, no, 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 you can't go, you can't go, you can't go. And then all, after all of that work, she's Mm -hmm. like, no, you know what, you should say yes. To me, that scene, it was supposed to be like she just came up with a good idea. It was either bad writing or bad directing or a combination of both. I did not under, I, I don't know. Like, it just seemed, it seemed to set... Like, at this point, this is when I started thinking that Frances actually wants the prince for herself because she's coaching Maria to do all of these things and instructing her not to be herself or not to make her own decisions. Yeah, I didn't, I don't really get Frances at all, but we're jumping ahead. 
Let's meet the prince. Um, <laughs> so Let's meet him. The, the gals all go. They're invited to their boss's party. Uh, Bagoin? Bagoin is his name. Bagoin. Mr. Be and Mrs. Bagoin. Be going. It sounds like a boil or something. Yeah, it does. Sounds revolting. So they're they're hanging out on the balcony, throwing caviar to the pigeons, and they see a fancy car pull up, and Prince Dino gets out, and um, Maria accidentally knocks her purse off the balcony, and they're like, "Oh, well, we'll have uh, Prince Dino bring it up," and she's like, "Oh no, he'll think I did it on purpose. Uh, he's so hot. I love him." <laughs> yeah, it was like instant falling in love kind of like she had not she was 30 feet away from this person okay and when you are 30 feet away from someone you have no idea what they look like yeah well plus immediately the women right after were like and whatever you do don't like get involved with him at all yeah because he is a player don't do it don't do it just don't do it so girl wants to do it of course (laughs) like and it wasn't even like they gave any they were so vague on what their what they were telling her were the reasons why she couldn't do it. Well, they were saying that he asked a lot of girls to Venice and that she would get a bad reputation. Yeah. No, I, I understood that. It was just like it was so... Their reasons behind it were so vague. And also the whole fact that this woman had just come to Italy. Mm-hmm. Maria had just gotten to Italy. And all of a sudden... They are telling her, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. But they weren't giving her, like, any of the actual whys. Mm-hmm. Like, she she has no idea who, as far as I know, she has no idea who these women are before yeah. coming to Italy. And all of a sudden, they're telling her what to do. Like, who does that to a grown-ass woman? Like, who automatically just jumps in and says, oh, please, let me control your life? Yeah. I don't know. Without having any history with this person or knowing their background. Right. Okay, so the Prince Dino comes up and, I don't know, he has a little conversation with her. He, he has eyes on Maria because she's kind of the fresh blood. Yeah. And he's like, don't let them tell you all the, the nasty things people say about me. I am not the horrible man that you think I am. Yes. Um, but then they leave the party. <laughs> <laughs> what was he the prince of? Italy... Does I don't really have a prince. There was a palace that they saw there, and he lived at that palace. I don't know. I'm sure... I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because I don't think they ever said. No. I called him the Prince of Dorne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I was getting confused. Like, did they actually ever say what he was the prince of? Are you being truthful with me right now? Was Dorne a real place? <laughs> No, sometimes, I feel like this has happened in a few movies that we've watched, where, like, I just start substituting in Game of Thrones characters and references to help the story that I'm watching make more sense. (laughs) I've definitely done it with another movie we've watched. Good job, George R. R. Martin. He's got a lot of story to give. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every single last detail of every single meal each character eats. Such descriptive banquet halls. Yeah. I mean, well, mostly a lot of drinking. Well, yeah. Characters like to drink. Anywho. So, actually, it's Maria and Anita who go off on a little tour, walking tour of Rome after the party. It's still daytime. And Anita, like, stupidly admits to Maria that she's not even engaged. That was just a thing that she told her employer just to get out of there. Yes. She wanted, she just wanted to go home. Yeah, she's been there long enough, want to go home, probably does want to, like, settle down, you know, she's getting up there in age. I don't know, what else is she gonna do? She's gonna work for the rest of her life? This is the 50s. Damn Donna Reed. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I, I got kind of lost in this part, because it just, I didn't quite understand... One, I didn't quite understand Maria's, like, constant need to follow these women around that she had no idea who they were, but they were trying to mother her every second of every day. And secondly, I just was so confused by Anita. Like, all why why can't she just, like, let herself be in love? 
Because her employer wouldn't let her. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes men need to be taught a lesson. And at this point, this boss man needed to understand that people's personal lives are people's personal lives. And it doesn't matter who they marry or who they are engaged with. It only matters if they are involved in a crime and are making, you, you know, doing criminal acts on their time. Yeah. Well, okay, so while they're out, I found, like, Maria to be, like, a little troublemaker. She's always, like, getting into trouble. I think that was because they were trying to make her a direct correlation with Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, I could see that. Because they gave her a similar haircut. Mm Mm-hmm. And... She had a similar build. She had a similar build, and she had a similar attitude. Yep. Towards things. All right, so while they're on the streets, they experience some street harassment. Oh, God. (laughs) I love your face. Uh, So, this is where... I don't know if this is where it started, but Hollywood has given Italian men this horrible stereotype of... They are sex-crazed fiends, and they will not leave you alone at all in the street, in the hotel room, in the anywhere, until they get what they want. Mm. And it comes off as predatory and often disturbing that it's used in a humorous light. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, So they're walking by this cafe or whatever, and this guy pinches Maria's butt. Yeah. And Anita's like, don't turn around, it'll just encourage him. And she's just like, well, I want to kick him in his whatevers. In his, it, it was alluding to his package. Yeah. Which, go girl, I am totally down for that. Yeah, 1950s alluding. Yeah. Um, so she turns and then the guy starts following them and talking to them in Italian. And and he has, like, followed them for a good, like, four or five blocks, apparently. Yeah. And then Giorgio magically shows up on his bicycle and gallantly chases him away. Not even gallantly. Like, he's like, yo, bro, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. In Italian. In Italian. <laughs> in Italian. Like, that was the equivalent the American equivalent of what this Italian man was doing. Right. So then they, the three of them have lunch. Uh, and I found is weird. The lunch, Maria is like clearly interested in, in talking about Prince Dino. She's just like fawning over him. Yeah. I still don't understand her attraction to him at all. Mm-hmm. It felt forced to me and just kind of, I guess, just set up. Yeah, it's like, I really liked, I only liked one of the couples, and that was Giorgio and Anita. Yeah. Because, like, when they first saw each other, when we first see them, they have liked each other for a long while. They both like each other. But they're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, at least what they believe is the right thing. They're, like, a super, like, relatable couple, like, a real couple. Yeah. That you're, like, rooting for. And the other ones you know, like you said, felt forced, and the last one, I was just like, apparently she's been in love with them for 15 years? Yeah, it was just like, like I said, like I was saying, it was leading, like, we spent, and I think part of the reason why we liked Giorgio and Anita's relationship so much is we spent so much time with it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, we had a good 20-30 minutes just focused on them, Mm -hmm. and then you had, like, a little middle bit focused on Venice with um, the prince and Maria and and, uh, and Miss Francis. But then, like, we've only met her, Francis's boss, her, her writer, she's the assistant for this writer, mm-hmm. and we've only met him once so far in the movie. Or actually twice, because... Yeah, he's, he's the in there a couple times, but he's always kind of like... Meh, 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 meh. Yeah, <laughs> but then all of a sudden we have this scene... Directly after they get back from Venice, and, and, well, not directly after they get back, no, actually, it's way further back. It's, like, towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, it's, well, you could marry me. Yeah, ugh, weirdness. It felt like Days of Our Lives in movie form. Hmm, I could see that. Like, that's, that's what I kept getting, especially with all of the sudden, um, Mr. 
Shakewell? Shackwell? Shagwell. Shagwell. Shad. Shadwell. Shadwell. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Shadwell all of a sudden is at the to- doctor's office and finds out he's gonna die. Like, this is days of our lives condensed into a movie form. Like, there was no slow burn. There was no so- slow build to this. It was just, you'd be dead. I would like to watch the movie in that mindset next time instead of in a mindset of a romantic comedy. <laughs> Where it's a soap opera? Yes. That would make it make, like, I feel like I would be more open to, like, to finding the humor in it because mm-hmm. it's so over dramatic and over top. And this, I'm looking for, I'm looking for people to make me laugh yeah. or, to find, or to have that chemistry with the audience to make them entertained in a way. With this, I didn't get that. I just got soapy, operatic situations thrown in that didn't make a whole lot of sense when we were trying to connect it at the end. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to uh, Giorgio and Anita. He picks her up the next day. They had set a date. He picks her up the next day. So yes, she begrudgingly is like, okay, let's let's hang out. Yeah, he has this Italian, he calls it the Italian festival for his sister's engagement. Mm-hmm. And that she, she hasn't lived until she's seen one. So she needs yeah. to see it before she goes back. So he comes with his whole, like, family. With his cousins. His cousins. In this, like, Beverly Hillbillies type deal yeah. where they're all, like, hanging out of a car and the car doesn't have brakes or a horn. Yeah, it's just falling <laughs> apart. Yeah. So, like, he takes her on this long journey to the Italian countryside. Which was gorgeous. The oh. shots that they got were gorgeous. Yeah, but first they pass by an accident, which serendipitously, um... The boss, oh yeah, Burgoyne and his wife are driving, and his wife's like, "Isn't that Tanita?" <laughs> she did sound like that, and she's like, "With Giorgio, you know, what are they doing?" Yeah, so, I must involve myself. Yeah, so so they go on a trip to there, but then uh, we cut away to. Maria and Francis, where Prince Dino calls up Maria and says, come to come to Venice with me, which is what the girls warned her, like, don't do that. You'll become a Venice girl. Yep. And then, yeah, Francis is like, say no, say no, wait, say yes. <laughs> yeah, it was just random because there was so much effort put into... It's bad direction. It's bad writing because yeah. it's not funny. It would have been funnier had it been this weird back and forth where Maria was, like, in the process of saying yes, and then Anita would come in and say, no, 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 say no, say no, say no, say no. And, like, there would be this weird, like, phone humor where Maria's attention is always being, like, drawn to something else. So I think that would have been funnier. Yeah. Instead of her listening to Francis's advice, but also verbally and physically showing the signs of she didn't want she wanted to go yeah yeah yeah, for sure so the prince is like okay i'll pick you up in a half an hour and he comes by and francis comes out with her and she's like oh francis was gonna go to venice this weekend too so i figured we could give her a ride on your plane and he's like oh no he's like it's really small my game (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like oh well i guess we'll take the train and we'll meet you there and then he's like okay get in the car (laughs) yeah begrudgingly so she's going as well then we're back with anita and she arrives at giorgio's family and she like meets his mother and his father and his sister and his everybody this is like a typical italian family i really like this part i wanted this movie. Yeah, I wanted more of that. I wanted to see her, like, I wanted to see her assimilating into, like, that family culture. Mm-hmm. Because an Italian family is completely different from an American family. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that, that, um... It, I wanted to be, like, my big fat Greek wedding, but opposite. Yes! <laughs> yeah, like, take place in that, in, in Greece or in Italy. Because mm-hmm. it's a completely different world from like, custom-wise. Yep. And they have these very strong, like, family bonds, and it's it's interesting, I think, to um, explore. I'm surprised, like, it hasn't, there hasn't been one because of the success of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. 
Like, there hasn't been something that has explored this family dynamic further, but Mm. within its own country. Mm. Because I think, as Americans, we've kind of had this melting pot where, like, all of, every culture, like, assimilates into American culture just a little bit at, like, a time, and the pot just kind of keeps stirring and stirring and stirring, so these new things are being brought up. But we, we don't have that, that intense tradition that some of these countries do and i think we're fascinated by that yeah because we're a bit seclusionary over here yeah so i think it's interesting that it hasn't been explored more Mm -hmm. um so then there's this cool family dinner there's a big pig roast and everything oh it's a italy we like it a pig. There's some singing it turns kind of romantic and then the two kind of go off on their own and um that's when he's got like there's his story of him coming to Rome and he's studying to be a lawyer, you know, Giorgio's backstory. Yeah, and he, and he's trying to to better himself. He's from this country family so he's poor and he doesn't have the uh, the means to continue out on the career path that he wants, but he's willing to put the time in and put the work in and get to where he wants in to be in life. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was really yeah. sweet. Yeah, I, I like his character. I wanted more of him because yeah. he, like, completely vanished at, like, after yeah. this bit. Because that's the thing. It's like, they're not involved in each other's storylines very much. I don't think they are at all. Like, they're the women are involved with the women. Mm-hmm. But whenever the women go off with the man, it's the women and the man. It has nothing to do with any of the other characters. Yeah. Ugh. I just, Alright, so, um, Anita sees a river, and she's like, let's go, and he's like, let's take the car, the crappy car. And so, like, she gets in, he removes the block, but then it, like, starts running fast down the hill, and she can't get it in gear, and it's this whole, like, runaway scariness with her in the car, and we're like, oh god, she's gonna die now. Yeah. Um, but then she ends up hitting a tree in an orchard, and she's alright, and... Giorgio comes over and he's like holding her and he's so scared for her and he says, I want to tell you that I love you. <laughs> I don't want you to leave. Yeah. And then, then she, she gives in. Yeah, but she turns away. At first. Yeah, but she, she starts to give in to the, the emotions that she's kept like suppressed and everything. But yeah, she, she turns away at first, but she real. I think she has like this epiphany moment in this moment that you know it doesn't matter what your bot like. If you if love is, it doesn't matter what your restrictions are. You're only the one who's putting the restrictions on yourself. Nobody is really mm-hmm. doing that in the way that she thinks it is. She, she thinks that if she were to be involved with somebody who her boss doesn't approve of, that it's like all hell is gonna break loose. But clearly, that's not the case. Yeah. Also, Giorgio at this point still thinks she's engaged to be married. Oh, yeah, and so he's worried. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back. We're on the airplane ride now. We get the free trip to Venice, and we see them doing the... The boat. Yeah, what are they called? The gondolas. Yes, the gondolas. Yeah, and then they have dinner... And Francis was like, oh, sorry, I've been hanging out with you guys all day. It's just, uh, you know, it's fun. Yeah, we're, we're a couple of people hanging out yeah. with friends. Yeah. Like, again, this is Francis another... Francis was the wingman. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't feel like that. It, feel, it felt like she was intruding, like she was imposing on this couple's yeah, relationship. Yeah, because in... Maria was just like, I see nothing wrong with us, you know, hanging out. Yeah. You're the one that's imposing all this negativeness on... I don't... I have... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where it, like, was coming from. It just was, like... It felt weird in certain moments. It's like they said he was a player, but we never saw evidence of him being a player. Yeah, so we couldn't... We couldn't emotionally connect to that. Yeah. So, like, who's being honest, who's being truthful here, like, what's the actual situation? We didn't experience it with... Yeah, we have no reference. Yeah. So, and because every time he would talk, like, he was, he was very sweet to Maria. He opened the doors and car doors and everything. He never came off, like, as this horrible, disgusting creature that they Mm -hmm. were saying he was. 
So I think, yeah, you're right. I'm probably bringing the negative negativity into it because I don't understand why she's so angry at him. Yeah. And normally with romantic comedies, the comedy comes from the woman not wanting to accept her feelings for this man that she doesn't often like at yeah. first. That's why you thought that she was in love with him. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were wrong. <laughs> I know I was wrong. I'm glad that I was wrong. It's just, it was frustrating because yeah. I couldn't get into the the relationship that we're supposed to be focusing on. So I'm yeah. like, I don't feel for these, like, I, I just want Francis to, like, back the fuck up. Like, just <laughs> leave these guys alone for a second and let me. Yeah, let me figure out who these people are. Yeah. Instead of, well, we know who you are. Like, what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing here? Anyway, but then, like, immediately after when they were like, we we need to go back, there's, like, cut, and then they're back in the office. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like, because he says he needs to go back, yeah. and that he wants to take Maria back because he uh, was under the assumption that Francis was going to stay in Venice for another day. Well, no, because they said that she's going to stay for the, the weekend. weekend. Yeah. So but then, then she's like, no, I gotta go back. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it just seemed like a very unnecessary yeah. scene. Like, you could have done the whole Venice montage and everything, and then it could have been them back at work that next Monday. It yeah, it's seriously, you did not have to include any of that dialogue that they had to go back. Because guess what? They were back in the next scene. <laughs> yeah, but it was all back and forth between, yeah, we didn't get any emotional indications from Maria and the prince because it was all this back and forth between the prince and Francis. Yeah. Uh, Maria, like, had no say. I think that might be why. Mm -hmm. Another reason is I'm just incredibly frustrated because Maria never got a chance to say anything. Yeah. She was completely overridden by these two headstrong characters. Yeah. The next day, Maria has a meeting with the boss, uh, Burgoyne, who is pretty much clarifying the boundaries. Yeah. Um, because he's like, I saw Anita and Giorgio in a car together, and I want you to know that that's a no-no. And she stupidly tells the boss that she's not really engaged. Yeah. She totally breaks girl code here, where Anita had said something to her in confidence, and then completely just blabs to the first person who asks about it. Yeah. And sets off this, like, weird ripple and chain of events that... Yeah. Then we have a stupid scene with the boss telling his wife about Anita. Like, oh, Anita and Giorgio. His wife looked pissed. She looked like she was done. She's like, why do you have to be involved with these other women's lives. Because at one point she just says, can't you just forget it and enjoy your dinner? Oh. It's like, this is why I was so confused as to why he was so involved in where... Like, he he's married. He already has, like... He doesn't need to go around collecting women. That's creepy. So we have a scene next with Anita. She's very angry and she's packing and she confronts Maria being like... You told, and now Giorgio is fired, and he's fired without a recommendation, and I'm leaving, and I'm unhappy, you know? Yeah, it was the quote-unquote catfight scene. Yeah, and Maria's all like, well, I didn't think that was a problem with telling. I'm like, you're dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know it's against the rules, and you're dumb. <laughs> it's like she didn't listen to a word that Anita told her on her first day. Yeah. So, well, Anita goes to find Giorgio, and she goes to his small apartment, and there's a little bit of drama there, because he's like, I'm so poor, and I can't, you know, I can't continue schooling, and I can't, you know, work. This whole thing of, like, why can't he find a job, or was the best money for the schooling at this U.S. agency, or something we don't know. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Like, the flow of how he was delivering his dialogue just was off. It made it very off-putting into 
what we were supposed to con- get from this scene, like what information we were supposed to understand. Well, then he kind of like lays her down on the bed and plants some smoochies on her, and he's yes. like, "Oh no, 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 I can't. You're engaged." And she's just like, "Oh, actually, I'm not." <laughs> no, no. Continue on with this. <laughs> yeah, and I like this kissy face. Yeah, but then he's still like he's concerned because he's poor. Yeah, he he can't take care. Of, he doesn't think he can take care of her. Yeah, the way that she is accustomed to. Well, he can barely take care of himself. Unless he goes and lives with his parents again, he can barely afford yeah. to keep food for himself, yeah. let alone, you know, a wife and possibly a child someday. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Sequel. <laughs> so, uh, Maria goes to see Francis and tells her what's going on with Anita. I don't know. I'm just like, Maria, shut up. <laughs> Oh, this is the part where it got really boring, because it was just everybody was mad at everybody, and no one wanted to talk to one another for no reason. Yeah, well, then Maria and Francis go driving and discuss Dino, and that's when Maria's like, well, I'm going to go pick up Shadwell at this museum, and she's with Dino, and you should go in there and pretend you know all the stuff about art. Like, again, she's just like, here's Dino, for, I don't know why, she was like, don't go with Dino, now go with Dino. You really like him, I understand. Yeah. Fine. Like, it it was this weird flip-flopping thing that she was doing. Right, so, yeah. Ugh. So, oh, we have the museum scene, which right. was so long, or it felt so long. Yeah, well, Chadwell comes out. And goes in the car with Maria, and then they have a little drive, and she, and he pretty much says, stop meddling with Dino and Maria. No. <laughs> but they both believe that they're not good for one another. So why are, why was she constantly still setting him up? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Because <laughs> they're the only two other people in Rome. <laughs> uh, I'm tired just thinking about it now. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this part. <laughs> Well, they go to a museum. Yeah. Dino, like, thinks he falls in love yeah, with... Yeah, Dino is super impressed with Maria because she talks about some neo-impressionist stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. Sam understood it. I did not. Well, pretty much, she learned what he paints, and then she learns what his favorite food is, what his She became his stalker. Is. That's yes. right. So, like, she goes about town, and she starts getting all the things that she like that he likes, and it's just... Which, I wonder if this was common, because the people who she was talking to about him didn't seem to be at all concerned that she was, like, writing all of this stuff down. Like I said, she was doing some Facebook stalking in real life. (laughs) But even then, even in the 1950s, don't you think that people would be a little bit suspicious? She said she was throwing, like, a dinner party for him and stuff and wanted to know all of his favorite things. Okay. That type of deal. Yeah, I missed that part because now that makes more sense because I'm like, dude, she is opening up a notebook that she clearly has all of these notes in. Why are you not questioning this? Yeah. All she had to do was say, I'm a friend of Prince Dino. We're having a party. What is he like? Yeah. That's it. But if you were his friend, why would you have to go around town asking these questions? Who knows? All right. But yeah, she goes around, she finds out that he is really into Italian opera, and then we go from her notebook of her writing this down to the opera. She's with him at the opera, and then they have dinner together. Shadwell is there for like a hot second for I don't know why. He's also- And then he leaves. Why was Shadwell sitting next to the agency's boss? Yeah, why was- this a thing. I don't know. It has to do with something about how they're all interrelated through this agency that we don't know what they do there. <laughs> this is like the models who don't do any modeling again. Yes. So she orders his favorite wine, and after that, he's like, I want you to meet my mother. <laughs> yeah, because she she likes the wine that he... She supposedly likes the wine that she or he likes, she supposedly likes the same dish that he likes. Yeah. So clearly this is the perfect woman for him because relationships yeah. are all about similarities and not at all about working through your differences with one another. Right. So <laughs> when he goes to pick her up at the apartment, 
she says she's learning the piccolo, and he's like, but I play the piccolo! He was very excited about it. Yeah, he smooches her over that. Yeah. The piccolo is... I was gonna make a sexual reference, but I don't think it'll work. It's phallic? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she, it works. She, like, kissing on that, that piccolo. Ah! <laughs> Erase! <laughs> They meet the mother, who's some sort of dowager empress queen. (laughs) Yeah, but she knows. She knows that Maria is lying. (laughs) She's like, can't play a player. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she totally was like that. But I love the part where she's trying to, like, sweetly kick Dino out of the room, and he's not picking up on the signal, so finally she's just like, get out of here! Yeah. Leave us alone! Yeah, she sees right through the plan. Like, it is not a good meeting. So, after that, Dino drives with her and tells her how wonderful she is and how, I don't know, everything and truthful and blah, blah, blah. And how she's the only woman he can truly trust beside his mother. And Yeah, creepy. <laughs> well, yeah, and he explains that all of his promiscuous activities were done because... He never thought he could trust anybody because of his position, and mm-hmm. it kind of, it made sense. Like, you, you crave that attention, you crave the physical attention, but you, you can't commit to it because you're afraid of what the person is trying to actually get out of it. Like, you could never, ever trust that person's emotions, really, mm-hmm. be, in someone in his position, because royalty is often something that is craved yeah but then she immediately breaks down and says that she's a big liar poopy pants yeah she's just like i lied about everything yeah i'm sorry i don't do anything so end of that scene um anita's back at the apartment and she's packing and francis is like why are you packing and because giorgio doesn't think they should get married because he's poor, as we talked about. And Maria's also packing to go home because she's ruined everything. Um, but then we're with uh, Frances goes to her office and she gets a cat. <laughs> yeah. I loved this cat. I wanted this cat. The maid, like, gives her a cat and was like, here, so you can start being a crazy cat lady. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. She's like, I know all the old spinsters in Italy have cats, and here's your first one. (laughs) Here you go. Rude. (laughs) But he was adorable. It was one of those white, like, fluffy, beautiful little kitten things that followed her around. But then we start the Francis and Shadwell storyline, where Shadwell's like, why you have a cat? And she's like, didn't you hear? I'm the oldest spinster in Italy. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like... You can you marry wanna, me. Yeah, you want to get married? And she's just like, oh, yeah. And it's supposed to be a marriage based on friendship, but she totes has been in love with him for 15 years. Apparently. That she has, like, shown... Nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> I know men are oblivious, but men cannot be that oblivious. I didn't even... Until she said that, I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, at the whole story, I'm like, I'm like, who is she gonna end up with? <laughs> yeah! I was too... I kind of, like, thought that it might be the writer guy, but I thought the writer guy was gonna set her up with somebody. Yeah, I was like, okay, so who's this third person? Yeah. Oh. Who we haven't seen for an hour and 15 minutes. I guess it's him. Then we have uh, the first nighttime in the whole movie yeah everybody's in bed like contemplating what their next day is you know are they gonna leave are they gonna get married have they made their right choices yes reflection scene with jeopardy music no i like that there's a reflection scene i liked it too it just really reminded me of the dream sequence scene it was shot exactly the same way yeah yeah i was like okay so what information am i supposed to be so i was so caught up in like expecting the the humor to come out again Mm -hmm. that it fell flat because i was just confused yeah but yeah after this is when we go to the doctor's office yeah and i'm like what is (laughs) happening i just was like question mark (laughs) i don't something i apparently 
Shadwell is dying. Well, they never tell you why he's dying or how long he has to live. I don't know. Like, it, it, he makes it seem like he is dying in a week. Yeah. I'm like, what? Because no. he goes, he goes to the, the agency office and asks how much it is going to, or how hard it is to ship a body back to the United States and, and all this other stuff. I'm like, is he dying? Where... Does he have, like, a day to live? Yeah. Did this doctor, like, totally, like, screw him, like, his mind up? Or what is happening? We don't know. We, we never know. But I think it's because they took the way that they distributed the story around. It did not work because then you have to figure out a way for Francis and Shadwell to, like, have their moments. But it has to be really, really fast. And so this is where I, you know, again, I'm talking about the soap opera thing is a -hmm. soap opera does these random quick things to interject drama and, you know, I don't want to say entertainment because I don't find soap operas very entertaining, Mm -hmm. but to interject some kind of new storyline to continue on on the show because soap operas normally last forever. But it was just like, why couldn't, we didn't need this at all. Why couldn't they have just, you know, he had just gotten cold feet. He realized what he had done. And, you know, he seems to be older than her and then, like, kind of question it. Yeah. Why couldn't it have been that instead of, oh, dude, I'm dying, so I have to break up with her? It's so, yeah, it's so permanent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Shadwell, like, talked. It's so, so sad. She was so happy the next day. She was so excited when she was telling the girls that she was going to yeah. stay in Italy. She wasn't going to be leaving. and Yeah, and Shadwell's like, I'm going to take back what I said last night. Plus, you should probably leave as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, like, get the fuck out of Italy. Yeah. Then Shadwell has this little tour of the monuments. I don't know. And Francis is following him. He ends up at this cafe and he orders six double shots of whiskey it's scotch scotch six double shots of scotch yeah which in and of itself is hard to say um yeah six double scotch, scotch. yeah yeah yep. <laughs> six double shots of scotch yeah. six double shots of scotch <laughs> and francis is there and she's like confronting him and apparently she's heard from this said doctor about his dying well she stalked him she stalked him all day she went to his doctor to get confirmation which do italian doctors not follow like confidentiality agreements i don't know it's the agency (laughs) i don't know anything about this but this part i'm just like what is this (laughs) i don't know how to write this down (laughs) but yeah so then they both these are not human emotions (laughs) so then they both she gets wasted. She has like a sip and yeah. she's like, listen, buddy. <laughs> she was me. Yep. <laughs> she was legitimately me. Who then they like go for a stroll in the park or whatever. Yeah. While she's tumbling around. Because she wasn't walking. She was like swaying. Yeah. Uh. And then she gets into a fight with a little boy over his boat. Because she thinks it should be let to, or set out to sea or something. Yeah, she also kind of, at this point, confesses her love. Like, I love you for 15 years, you know. I wrote down this part, movie is so long. Yeah. (laughs) But then she, like, falls in, or she goes into the fountain to get the little boy's boat because she's pissed off this little boy. And now he's, like, gonna cry. And she can't have that. So she's sitting in a fountain. Yeah. So Shadwell takes her back to their place and, you know, cozies her up, tries to get her sober or just napping or just... Just still. Just stay. (laughs) Yeah. Stay. (laughs) What can I do to fix everything? Well, because, yeah, she, like, gets really upset and She's just like, yells at my him. friends, my friends are having a horrible time. So-and-so is mad at so-and-so because of this and this and this. She recounts the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I was gonna fix everything today. And she, and he's just like, well, good thing I have a penis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the Batmobile. <laughs> No, to the creepy penguin mobile because he had the white gloves. Yes, in a cane he was the penguin. Yes. 
oh, Danny DeVito, you will forever be seared into my brain as the penguin. So that's what happens. Like, yeah. I was like, is he going to go fix everything? This guy that I have no interest in, I'd rather not see on screen. Yeah, he fixes everything in the last five minutes of the movie. He goes, yeah, he goes to Dino and says, he uses reverse psychology to be like, hey, that girl was dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then he goes to the Begoyans, but we don't see them. Apparently, it's a talk over yeah. Giorgio's job, you know. But then uh, we cut to Francis calling up Anita and Maria, being like, hey, you're about to leave, but come and meet me at the Fountain of Trevi. Ah. <laughs> We're going to do some things. Yeah, last minute Rome hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> Girl power. <laughs> Are they the Powerpuff Girls now? I wrote... Did you read the thing I wrote where I was like, I want to remake How to Marry a Millionaire with the personalities of the Powerpuff Girls? Yes. Because one's a leader and the angry one. And, yeah. You know. It's the, the same thing with this. These, these girls but these had, had, had no did, personalities. They had no depth. I just... They had, like, stock emotions. Yeah. But, yeah, so they all meet up at the fountain. Yeah, the fountain is off for cleaning and then... As um, soon as the boys start showing up. Yeah. It turns Francis back on. Francis shows up, and she's just like, look, the fountain. It magically has, like, Harry Potter music, and it yeah. starts... <laughs> I was like, it's the magic of Rome. And Francis was like, look, uh, Maria. And it's, um, what's his face? The prince. Dino. And then Anita turns around, and it's Giorgio, and they all are happy, and, uh, Shadwell is there, so everybody's got their mates, and they're all standing and happy, but everybody still has their problems, yeah. and the movie ends. <laughs> but does he die? Yes. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> okay, so, he... Giorgio is poor, Shadwell dies, and Maria never gets liked by her mother-in-law. It was interesting. But I, I just felt like the ending was just not fulfilling. It was just like, okay, I fixed everything, look. She just put a band-aid on everything. Yeah. Everybody can stay in Rome and continue to suffer. Yeah, pretty much. It was weird. I think that was our angriest, our yelliest review ever. Yeah, it was. We're sorry, listeners. Sorry. Not sorry. This, we had so much emotions. Because these people didn't. Yeah, we had to compensate for <sighs> the lack of emotion that we've experienced for the last two hours. Do you have a rating for this movie? I give it two double shots of scotch. <laughs> Did I steal yours? No, no, no. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> because that's how it made me feel. I needed two double shots of scotch to get through this movie. But it was gorgeously shot. I'm going to give this movie two coins in the fountain. Oh! <laughs> you gave it the legitimate the legitimate amount in coins? Frank Sinatra was wrong. Sorry, Frank. Yeah, I really had problems. I don't... I, I, I want to give it a one, but we've seen worse than this. Yes. This but, and it was gorgeous. Like, the, the way that they shot Rome... It was, it was nice. It was really pretty. Yeah, I don't know if that can completely satisfy me with just the everything that is really wrong with it, but we, we have experienced worse than this, so it's, it's getting off the hook and getting a two from me. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's good. So, yeah. I'm not excited about next week, but next week we are going to be watching 1954's White Christmas. Merry Christmas! No! No! It is not even Thanksgiving yet, and I don't care what Target says. It is not Christmas season. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of Christmas songs in it. Oh my god! Oh, my voice even cracked. Oh my god, I'm going to die. I can't, I can't handle the Christmas <sighs> See, you know what? My mother is the reason behind this. My mother sets up Christmas trees in October, and I'm not meaning one Christmas tree. She has six. Well, and she'll, it, she'll enjoy our episode. Maybe, because I, well, I don't know. I don't know how well she'll take my lack of Christmas spirit. Oh, but, I am looking forward to this. <laughs> but it is her fault. Six Christmas trees, okay? Oh my gosh. Three are in her bedroom. <laughs> Actually, she might have more now. She might have eight. Well, happy <laughs> Veterans Day. How can they get in touch with us, Ashley? Oh, yes. They can t <laughs> you can download and follow our episodes on the website that we've set up. It's thecutaways.com. 
Um, please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes. We are actually in the process of getting everything fixed so that we can actually finally have Android users. I'm still trying to figure out how to transfer over an RSS feed to SoundCloud so that it won't cause any disruption to our current Apple users. Right, yeah. We're going to be going, we're going to switch some things around. Hopefully without disruption, we will let you know. Yes, we will keep you posted. And to get those updates, you must follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. At the Cutaways Podcast. At the Cutaways Podcast. At Cutaways Podcast. Seriously? Oh my god. <sighs> to find all of those updates, please follow us at the... Please follow us at Cutaways Podcast. I'm the one who set up the Twitter, too, so I should be able to figure this out. At Cutaways Podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. So, until next time, well, you will feel my Christmas rage. <laughs> Peace out. And Merry Christmas. No! No! <laughs>